Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode number 79 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out on the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved getting you off the sofa and onto the saddle that is the aim of the podcast so i hope it is helping you do that and i hope you're finding information in the podcast that is interesting and hopefully getting you out on the trails with your friends getting you away from the screens and the phones out in nature having a bit of fresh air getting a bit of fitness and enjoying your time on the bike so i'm really interested in this week's episode because We are chatting with Robert Lynn, who is the founder and owner of the very cool online website and magazine called Freewheeling. You can find him at freewheeling.ie. Robert is super keen on the Irish MTB scene and is really passionate about the growing mountain bike scene we have in the north and south of Ireland. Robert follows the Irish race scene very closely, covers all the race meetings, bringing us all the best information and results from the meetings and events. The website slogan, Two Wheels, One Passion, is certainly true and Robert is super passionate about what he covers and puts on the website, so you should definitely check it out. He covers everything from grassroots to international events and has a keen interest in the up-and-coming youth talent, and uh, we have a lot of that in Ireland. We're quite blessed. Now, I wanted to get Robert on to fill me in on the Irish scene and see what was happening as I am in Malta, as you know, and away from it. I just feel I'm a wee bit separated from it at the minute. I haven't got my boots on the ground, if you like, and stuff like that. So it was really, really great to get Robert's passion and enthusiasm for the Irish scene on the podcast. So we cover a lot about what is going on, where the events will be happening, what new teams to keep an eye on, what the movers and shakers on the EWS will be doing this year. We go into a lot. We get into a lot of detail about the characters who are putting Ireland on the map for producing great racers. Uh, We chat about why this is happening, how the trail networks are helping, updates on funding for new trail networks, etc. And uh, what the racing scene holds for us in 2019. We get into a lot of stuff. It is a really good episode. And uh, I'm glad Robert came on and had a chat to me about it. It's good to get his insight into the whole scene because it's a growing scene. It's a very exciting scene and we should all get involved in one way or another um, and get passionate about it because it is really interesting. And um, some of the guys riding for Ireland now are just amazing. And some of the youth coming up is just just a, just brilliant to see. So, folks, I will stop talking. I will let Robert get on the podcast and I will introduce Robert to the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi, Robert. How are you doing, sir? Welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. How's things with you? Good, good. How's things, Gareth? Thanks very much for having me on. Yeah, very good. My end, mate. Very good. And thanks for coming on. And it's 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 been too long, in my opinion, to be honest, because you write a freewheeling website, stroke magazine, let's say, um, for Ireland, for the for the Irish, uh, well, mountain biking and road, you know, um, scene. So you should have been on the podcast way way before this. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, time enough. Time enough. It's really, the the website itself is actually it's really only going, I suppose, just about a year now. So I suppose that 
I had to build up a bit of co- bit of content before uh, <laughs> before coming on. So mm-hmm. yeah. So you've only been going a year. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, the website. Yeah, going at the website about a year and I just I think I was just checking there. Before, um, March was about when I started putting regular content onto it as a mountain bike website. So yeah, we're just just coming up to a year now at the website and it's uh, it's picking up all the time. So. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, very good, very good. I love your slogan as well, two wheels, one passion. I think that's yeah. cool, man. Yeah. Uh, and and you kind of cover the best of the Irish MTB and, and cycling action and stuff like that. Um, and we want to chat because I kind of wanted you on to chat a wee bit about the Irish race scene, who do you look out for and where it's going to be all happening, among other things. I wanted to chat about that. Maybe we'll get into that a wee bit later, but let's chat a wee bit about the magazine first and um, how that came about. So what made you decide to want to start the magazine, Robert? Um, I guess, I guess freewheeling sort of came about, uh, you know, a combination of a lot of things coming together at the same time. Um, in my, my, my regular, I suppose my regular day job, I work in PR and journalism and photography in the motorcycle enduro world. Mm-hmm. So um, nearly four years ago now, two, yeah, about four years ago, I went back to college um, part-time to, to get a master's in, in journalism because I'd sort of gone the back route into, 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 into my job, basically. I started working and I kind of learned on the job as I went and I, I never really had a qualification in in photography or PR or journalism so mm-hmm. I kind of thought to myself oh it's about time I actually maybe got, got, got a piece of paper to say that I can actually do <laughs> so went back to college part-time it was in Griffith College in Dublin and um, started studying for a master's and on the second year it was a two-year part-time course and on the second year you have to do a dissertation to basically get your <laughs> to get your master's and um i didn't know what to do it on I, I, I didn't want to sit down and write like a 20 30 000 word theory on i don't know the meaning of life or whatever <laughs> one option was to do uh, like a practical one and you could do that and basically from a website to a magazine to a video to a documentary to kind of practical hands-on journalism and uh i've racked my brains for ages about what to do and sort of freewheeling came out of that I was I was basically driving up to Dublin and I was like Jesus tons and tons of cyclists on the road and you know everywhere you look there's a bicycle and then all of a sudden it was like oh well, maybe that could be it there's you know <laughs> there's not a lot of information so I kind of mm-hmm. started digging around and the idea was, was initially to do it as a magazine um, an online magazine that covered road cycling commuting and mountain biking and uh, that was that was what I basically did for my dissertation. So to do that, I did that. I suppose the the, the online magazine it's actually still on, embedded on the website at the minute. I did that as a as a, an issue, and then I had to build a website to go with it. And I had everything done, and it was done and completed. Like it was kind of as I was doing it in the middle of it, I was like, oh yes, I could actually keep this going up full time as a as a magazine but I suppose once you get that completed and that whole process done you're sort of exhausted with it and 
I didn't know what to do. So I just left it kind of sitting there for ages. And uh, it was just kind of itching away at me to to kind of pick it up and do something with it. The website was there. And regards, you know, mountain biking, I was mountain biking. That's what I was kind of doing. That's my hobby. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, the road cycling side of things, I didn't have a, a great deal of knowledge on it. Or, and the commute, and I didn't really have a great deal of knowledge on that. <laughs> and you know the mountain biking was there as what I enjoyed and it was, it's very similar to what I do for work you know enduro motorcycling and mm. enduro mountain biking are essentially the same things one's just with an engine and one's without you know so the crossover was quite close and I just I kind of sat on it for that winter and then I was like all right I'll give it a go and see what happens and it was basically March of last year 2018 and I was like right we'll just tip at it I'll do one post a week and see how it goes and then kind of one post led into two posts and then started going to a few events more and you know kind of grew from there and the more the more I did it and the more people you kind of talked to they said oh that was good that was you know it was nice to see something like that up or it was nice to to read about the Irish scene that you don't normally get to read about and that, that was that's kind of basically the I don't know, is it the ethos or whatever of the, of, of the website itself? It's it's Irish cycling, it's Irish mountain biking. So, you know, that's all you're going to really find on it. You're not going to, you know, there's a hundred other global mountain bike websites from Pink Pike to Vital to, to whatever, mm-hmm. and they're, they're on it for the world scene. You just, you couldn't compete trying to uh, match content with them, whereas there's no content for Irish mountain, no race coverage for for that in a sense and that's what that was basically what I was trying to do put a spotlight on Irish people competing either at home or abroad you know you know you won't find Sam Hill or you won't find Lara Bruni on the website unless they've they've somehow raced in Ireland or have some relevance to it so it's yeah that's basically what it is it's just to give give the Irish lads a shout out and put them on a bit of a pedestal as much as we can yeah, and you know what? I think it's, I think it's a, a great timing on it because the scene is getting, the scene's getting so good in Ireland now, you know, and it, it needs coverage like that almost. Um, and with you being a mountain biker and all, obviously you'll have more passion in that side of things, yeah. so it'll be easier to write on, and all that. So the magazine's been received well so far. Yeah, it seems to be. It's. Um... I suppose it's, yeah, because you write it and you post it and it's up and then you're kind of looking at it and going, I think that's okay. And it's not till, you know, you're in a paddock and somebody happens to say, oh, do you do do that freewheeling website or whatever? And you're like, actually, yeah, I do. I do. Why do you know about it? And it's like, yeah, yeah, that was cool. I enjoyed that or read that. I didn't know that was happening or, yeah, and then that kind of. I suppose that spurs you on to keep keep it going and keep it ticking over, isn't it? Yeah, it's cool, man. It's 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 class because when I was at home um, and I had the van with the MTB tribe logos on it and stuff, you would get guys leaving stuff on your windshield wipers. You know, oh, how yeah. you doing? You're I, very surprised to see you here, kind of thing. You know, I only live twenty miles down the road, but yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's so cool. And guys just want to get in contact and stuff. Um, so it's it really makes it worthwhile when things like that happen, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like like before I was doing it, I didn't 
I didn't, I couldn't really find, if I wanted to find something, there was no kind of one-stop shop to go and get it. There was a bit of information here and there was a bit of information over and somewhere else. And then you'd see something pop up on Facebook and then it, by the time you scroll back to it, it was sort of gone. You could never really, you could never really find a solid place to go look for the information that you kind of need. Sometimes you need to know whether it's like, whether you had to go get a, a cycling license or what events are coming up or you know who's who's won what race or who's leading what championship or just an inf- and then even just in just interviews with top riders that are competing or every rider or as much as possible that are competing you know there's there isn't really a one-stop shop for that in terms of a website and that's generally just kind of all all we're trying to do is put together like that you know yeah and i think it works and i think it'll get more people interested in it because it's easy you can go to your site and you can you can read the articles and get more info and i think it'll only make people more focused on what's happening in ireland so i think it's a a really good thing yeah i hope so because i definitely think people maybe underestimate how good it is in ireland or how you know i suppose they you know they, they see all the all the big stuff on 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 the big websites and they kind of don't realize that you know what we have here is equally as good or better than somebody racing in a national championship in France or somebody racing in a national championship in America or or whatever Mm -hmm. it's the same thing it's a national championship at the end of the day and you know when you look at the conditions that we have to race and the trails that we have the, the weather conditions you know you know that's a lot of the reason why you're seeing so many world-class riders coming out of Ireland right now at the minute mm-hmm. yeah and that's cool and I really do want to touch on that a wee bit later definitely and we'll, we'll chat about the scene and stuff as well because I think it all plays a part Um, I want to chat to you just briefly about the articles that are in the website so how time-consuming is writing something like that <laughs> um it depends. I guess it depends on what you what you're trying to do. Um, generally, everything I do is I sort I do it in the evening. I, um, as as I said, it's 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 a hobby. I have a I have a day job. I've and a, a day job that keeps me busy, and I have a, a wife and a son that keeps me even busier. <laughs> so I squeeze it in where where and when and how I can. Um, race report like it could. To to write it, post it, and get it you know get it out there you know could take you an hour or could take you maybe two or three hours. It depends on how much information you have to hand. You know if you if you can get images to hand, um, and and just yeah, just about writing it together. Um, like race reports and that is is kind of what I do anyway mm-hmm. for. For a day job, so I'm I'm well tuned into it, and I like I I can read a result sheet pretty pretty good. I seems to be a unique <laughs> talent that I have. It seems to be pretty handy when it comes to reading result sheets and kind of you know I can see you know you might have spe- five five stages for a day. I can see you know quickly analyze how it's changed. The rider's position might have changed over the day, or where they've won a stage, or where they've lost a stage, or you mm-hmm. know that thing how they've won the race. And I can kind of, I, I'm just kind of in tune and how to 
put that together, I suppose, into words on a on on a on on, on a on a report. And uh, but yeah, you're looking you're looking at around. I suppose it, if I if I went to a race and then cover if I go to a race cover and cover it, I could probably not get a race report. You know, in an hour or an hour and a half. Um, but then obviously that includes you, you've been just at an event for a day as well. So yeah, so you have that too. You've been just <laughs> process on top of it. So it, it, yeah, it's one of those, how long is a piece of string situation, you know, an interview, an interview, you know, it depends on how long that could take you maybe a couple of hours to put together. Maybe it could only take you an hour. It just depends on, you know, the content that you've got at the interview, you know, um, if it's a if it's ten minute interview, um, that's about the run of the mill for 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 a good quick interview up on a website. Um, mm. You know that could take you that could take you just over an hour, an hour and a half, maybe just to piece it together and put the finishing touches on. And I think that's what kind of you can you can write it out pretty quick, but it's the finishing touches just to tweak it here and there, and you know make sure there's a good flow and what what's saying and it's understandable it's legible and there's no you know grammar mistakes as well you always have to keep checking for those things so yeah yeah it certainly is and it's something i couldn't do i know that i know i've shown notes with the website and stuff but i hate doing them to be honest and uh uh, I just um, so yeah, it's it's actually nice to sit down and read somebody else's work on the MTV scene in Ireland. It's actually quite cool. Um, yeah. Would you would you ever consider contributors or anything like that to help you out? Or yeah, definitely. Like um, I know because I've I've uh, there's like yeah, definitely like contributors if 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 people are keen. It's it's a difficult situation because obviously I do this as a hobby, and then. I don't want to kind of ask somebody else to spend their free time to do something for free to to go out on the website, if you know what I mean. So you kind of, although it'd be great for people to 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 contribute to it and maybe put in a report here or there, it's it's hard to kind of say, oh, can you do this for me? And then you know expect it on a certain time or date when you're kind of asking for it as a favor and to in 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 some respects. So. It's, I suppose it's a bit trying to balance that really um, to to make it work, you know. Yeah, it's difficult when you bring on other people and stuff and your expectations are maybe not the same and, and things like that, you know, um, and standards and everything else. But it would be good. It would be a good yeah. end for somebody wanting yeah, to get into the mountain bike media. It, it, it's really how I kind of got started. In my own job of where I was, I, I kind of started contribute back oh over nearly 12, 12, 15 years ago. I kind of started just writing and contributing and, and you know race reports for my local club. Um, I was used when I used to race motocross and enduro. I'd put race reports and I did that for my local club, and then I'd I'd email them out to as many websites as I could and um try and get you know the idea was you do race report, you email it out to as many websites as you can and then they post the content and then that race gets your club coverage. You know, that was mm-hmm. that was really how I started it and then that kind of that everything sort of grew from there. So definitely, yeah, contributing although there isn't maybe a financial reward in the beginning of it, it, it can lead to 
well it's definitely led to where to the career i've kind of grown out of it for sure you know mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that the uh, the mountain bike has uh, grabbed you over from the the motocross, and we're yeah. <laughs> we've got your talents in the mountain bike side. <laughs> yeah, it's just I've yeah, I've raced bikes all my life, motorbikes all my life, rode bicycles kind of alongside it initially as sort of training, and then when I got too old and fat and slow to compete, and started working full time and the PR side of things then the mountain bike became more more and more of an occurrence and I got out and that to, just to keep myself fit you know mm-hmm. like I used to I used to race the motorcycle enduro world I, I can never know how you balance the two names because I call enduro to me enduro is still motorcycling and then enduro MTD I suppose it's hard to know differentiate between the two but mm-hmm. yeah used to, used to race motorcycle enduro and then Again, I'm working in it now. That's that's the kind of the, that's the day job. And then, um, but the mountain biking's great. You know, it's it it's to say it's you know you're out in the open mountain. That's what I love. Like just getting out on top of the open mountain. There's no real better place than to 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 get away from everything, isn't there? Ah, it's beautiful, man. And you know, yeah. it's the reason why most people do it. Yes, yeah. it's to be out in nature. Believe it or not. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool. Right. Well, let's chat a wee bit about the Irish scene in general, then. Um, so, how do you feel we're doing as far as kind of competing riders from Ireland? How, how do you think that's going for for such a small island? Yeah, when you think of what, like the entire island was, what's the population? Six million or something at, at the most, isn't it? And mm. yeah, when you look at you know the riders that's on the world scene you've got you've got four professional riders in the enduro world series and you've got jacob dixon you know he's a factory rider in the downhill championship and then you've got a you've got a clatter of young fellas coming after them that mm. are chasing what they've got and i don't think we've ever had it as good as what it is right now i think and it seems to be getting better and better when you look when you look through the results, you see like the amount of young junior and new talent that's coming behind, and they're not just making up the numbers; they're they're taking the wins at the same time. Like I was looking through results there, um, and some of the junior riders, you know, they're, they're showing the top elite guys, you know, how how it's done as well, which is great to see. So, yeah, it's, I think it's it's really good, and it just shows that you know we're not an we're not. You know, we're not a country that has the Alps or mm-hmm. massive mountains. We've we've only got small mountains, but we know we seem to know how to make them work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. let's chat about that a wee bit. Do you think the trail networks and the trail parks and stuff that we have here play a large part in the success? I think it. Yeah, I think it's fifty-fifty. Yeah, I think it. The trail networks and then have come at the right time. And then it's the people behind the scenes that's that's putting the effort into into building the trails as well. I think there's a combination of both that's definitely pushed pushed the level up and the game forward. Um, as just last week or the week before they the the announced for the announced um, over ten million of mm. grant aid that's going to come in over the next few years as part of this project Ireland. 2040 
thing. So that's the trail centers. You have Ticknock, Balnestow, you have um, Kulani. This is a new one over in Sligo that's getting developed at the moment. Then you have Sleeve Bloom further down the country. That's currently in development. So there's new trails. And then you have Ballyhoro was getting um, getting funded on that as well. And mm-hmm. the plan for that, and I think the, across the board, the plan is to to stretch it out to over 300 kilometers of new trails. And that's fantastic. Wow. Like, you know, like, there's more and more trails and it's easier and more accessible to get out on a mountain bike than, than what, what it once was. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, yeah. of course, up in, you know, you've mountain bike Northern Ireland. They have five five trail centers. You have, you know, you've Ross Trevor, which is kind of, I suppose it's the, it's the top dog of mm-hmm. top dog of Ireland for, for mountain biking. And then you've got Castle Wellen and then David, which is a little bit out in sticks and then, smaller ones like Blessingburn to, to get out and just get riding. It's yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Definitely great. Yeah, and I know that there's big plans to develop Garva. Oh, yes, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's Garva and Gorton, I think is mm-hmm. is, is two of them. Yeah, in the north that are, are, are under development at the minute. So they're gonna open up even more trails and mm-hmm. uh Garver's up near Port Rush, isn't it? I think that one's. Yeah, well, that's my local kind of. I'm from yeah, Port Rush, yeah. so um, that would be my closest kind of network, if you like. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what happens there. Yeah. Um, you know, I know there's been a load of the local boys there, Burton, them guys that have mm. been, you know, doing the trails, just natural trails for years up there, yeah. like you know, twenty years kind of thing. Um, so I hope them guys get involved in it and have a say in it and things, you know, work out well. But it's exciting. And do you think when councils and local councils and stuff like that are looking at developing these things, obviously for tourism and to maybe give a boost to the smaller towns and stuff like that, bringing more people in. But do you think they look at the success of the Irish racers and take that into consideration? Is that all part of it or is it a build it and they will come kind of scenario yeah i suppose they look at it i suppose those that from that side of thing i'm sure they're probably looking at more of a tourism aspect it's getting footfall onto the local area it's boosting boosting the economy of the local area you know you've got your your restaurants and your hotels and your b&bs if people are coming to make a weekend out of it and that's bringing more you know employment and more money into the area I don't know regards the sporting scene if they'd be, you know, the council side. If people, some people in the council would would see it that way, but mm-hmm. it's got to be like if you just even look at, you know, Ticknock, uh, you've got Ticknock and the Gap on the Dublin Mountains, or if you look at Ross Trevor just on the up in the Morn Mountains, yeah, you, that's that trail those trail networks have definitely got to be a contributing factor to to the talent that's out there at the minute you know like like jacob dixon that would be his like ross trevor be his local he that's where Mm -hmm. he train on it's the same you know chris cummin he's just 16 he's 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 from warren point that's his his uh his local i think his parents actually run the east coast adventure center there Mm -hmm. yeah and you know there's no doubt that having that facility on his doorstep is, has has uh, built him into the rider that he is. Even if you you know go to Ballyhur and you have Bushy and Callaghan 
Um, he's 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 only 15, and he's another fast young kid that's coming up through. And mm-hmm. if you look, you know, Bally Hoare is what 12, 10, 12 years on the go now. I think it is, mm-hmm. and he's only 15, so he's grown he's grown up with it. He's grown up with having trails on his doorstep ready to rock. You know. Yeah, well, I actually, I actually had Oshin back on the podcast. Yeah, I had him on episode sixty-five, I think, and we got yeah. into that because I had his dad on, Chris, yeah. Um, yeah, before. Suppose, yeah, yeah, and you know, Oshin and Chris believe that you know the trail park being on his doorstep basically um, has. Everything, to, you know, obviously there's more elements and more factors that go into it than just having a trail park beside you, but it was a major, major fact in him being as good at such a young age. It has to be, you know, he's got everything, you know, on your doorstep from, from cross-country trails to, 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 I'm sure, downhill tracks, you know, five minutes from his house, and mm-hmm. it just makes that so much easier for, for him, and it it has to make it you know the want to get out and ride is is easier he can just he hop on his bike and he's there and that's it's brilliant like it it just shows that stuff like that works and you know it's it's definitely feeding into young talent coming up through the ranks mm-hmm. you and know another, another guy like you know like yeah in on the dublin side of you ronan dunn he's he's another top talent that's coming through the ranks and he's you know tick knock in the gap they'd be his local and um, you know, you can just see it, you know, uh, you can definitely see it come true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to chat a wee bit later about what, what kind of help them young guys get as well, because they can't do it by themselves. They need help. Um, so let's just chat about that now, actually, because that, that'll be quite interesting. Um, you know, what kind of drives them to do that? Do you think, you know, like what? What do they receive? What help do they get from sponsors or from family? What What kind of stuff makes them become so good at such a young age? Well, it's definitely it's definitely got to stem from the family. Um, you know, that's first and foremost. You, you know, family support that you know driving them to the races. You know, keeping their bikes maintained, all that sort of, and financing financing their racing. That's definitely. Mm-hmm. A con- a massive contributing factor and then from that then you would local bike shop support would stem from that um whether they're getting you know discounted on parts or they're getting support for a bike whether it's kind of you know buy a new bike at the end you know you can have a new bike for the year through the shop or whether you know you can get a good discount on the bike and then sell it on at the at the at the end of the year that would be that would i suppose that would be a lot of their support then you do have you do have um obviously additional you know some of them would have additional sponsorship coming in from for parts and products mm-hmm. but um and then you know some some people have, have, have actual bikes bike support you know you have the vitus guys in the north um you know you've just got this team this year for chain reaction cycles belfast shop they're sponsoring mm-hmm. They're sponsoring four riders with with um with bikes and product to go race. Um, you've got the Glen O'Brien's team. They're sponsored by Vidas as well. So it's there is varying and different ranges of support, I suppose, across the board. 
Um, I suppose it just depends on on you know the talent of each individual to, mm-hmm. to that the level of support comes from there. You know. Yeah, but certainly I think at that level, there's still a lot of support has to come from, like you say, the family and a lot of time spent, you know, commuting and helping out and giving up weekends and things like that. Exactly. Like, you know, the majority of them are still (laughs) too young to drive, so somebody (laughs) has to take them to the race, you know. Um, But then when you look at it too, like there's, it's, you know, it's, the racing or the mountain bike scene is like a family away from the family too. It's, um, you know, that's where all their mates hang out and that's, you know, they go to a race and it's, it's a, it's a proper, you know, it's a good weekend's crack. That's basically what I'm getting at. Like, so mm-hmm. that's, that's a huge thing as well. Like it's not just about the race and yet yeah, the results are important and the guys want to do well, but you know, they're on the mountain with their friends and they're, they're riding bikes, you know, hail, rain, sun or shine, you know, it's, that's all part of it too. So I suppose if your mates going quicker than you, you want to try and keep up with them or beat them at the very least. So that's, uh, that's pushing each other on. It's, it's cool. And I suppose there's always been young people at that age with loads of commitment and focus a knowledge of, of kind of what direction they want to take their career, even at that that young age. I know yeah. I certainly didn't have that at that age. Um, so there's just something different about these guys, you know? Um, yeah, there's a, yeah, I suppose the drive, you know, they get a taste of, you know, it's, it all starts in small steps. You get your bike and you kind of, you learn how to ride it. You, you know, you're out in the trails, you learn how to, you know, do a big drop off that you hadn't done before, and then you do your first race, and suddenly you get a stage win, and that kind of fires you up to try and win another stage, and then you're looking to to win a race, and then that then that drives you on to win another race, and then eventually to win a championship ahead of it. Mm. So it's all little stepping stones growing and growing. It doesn't it's definitely something that doesn't happen overnight, but no, you can see it happening at. An even younger age than maybe what it was before. Just simply, simply, well, like there's so many championships now, or so many races for them to get stuck into. You've got, you know, you've got the Vitus first tracks Enduro Cup in the north. You've got the Gravity Enduro Series in the south. That's through the bike and dot.ie guys. Then you've got the grassroots one, um, and then you have the IDMS downhill series too. So there's there's a lot of racing for them to 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 keep racing, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a crazy amount of races in Ireland now. It's a, unbelievable. Yeah, um, but yeah we'll get, and we'll, they're all doing well. Like, it's not, um, let's see, it's not, it doesn't seem to be that one championship steals, you know, audience from another championship. And mm-hmm. you look at the results, like, you know, they're all punching out 200, and, like, the, the, the Gravity Series and the First Track Series. So they've got, 200 to 250 riders per event. I know the grassroots, they take slightly less. They take about 120 or 150 riders for their events. And then the downhill one is averaging around 100. I think it's a bit less at the moment, just purely, I suppose, because of the scene has sort of changed over the last few years where the enduro has kind of stepped forward. Mm -hmm. Downhill hasn't kind of stepped with it, I think. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. No, it's it's unbelievable when you actually look at it, when you actually sit down and look at it and considering, you know, there's three and four rounds of these things as well. Mm. Yeah. You know, you know, so you have, what, 12 different races or something and maybe three or four rounds of these things each. Um, uh, and Yeah. You have in such the, uh, a, in such a small summer that we have. <laughs> yeah, well, the racing season gets underway. The last weekend of March is the first round of the the grassroots series, and it's nearly back to back into May. So you've got um, grassroots end of March. Then the following weekend is the first round of the first tracks in Jura Cup in Ravensdale. Mm-hmm. That's April sixth and seventh. Then the following weekend is the first round of the IDMS downhill series in Carrick. That's the 13th and 14th. And then it goes from there back to the Gravity Enduro the following weekend in Ballinastow. And I think then the grassroots one picks up round two then the following weekend. So definitely if you're, if you're yeah. racing, you know, you're going for all those series, you've got a busy April. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Yeah, like that's... <sighs> That's unbelievable commitment from not only the riders but from the parents, yeah, and everybody else involved. Um, and it's there's a good bit of money outlay there too. Let's not forget about it. It's not cheap if you're wanting to do all these kind of races. Um, no, no. So how do races? How do racers choose what to do? Is there certain races are more important to them than others? How do they choose which? Because you obviously couldn't do them all. No, it's very hard to do them all. And you know, anyone that does, you've got to commend them to for the commitment and I suppose the financial commitment to stick with it and do every round. Um, as a, as a sport in itself, just kind of from my back, like mountain biking is a bit. It is. It's not um, massively expensive. Okay, there's an outlay of your bike and parts. But once you get that, that's the biggest hurdle. And then the, the entry fees itself aren't too expensive. You're looking at around 50 quid for, for a weekend race, and that's a full-day practice on your Saturday. And then you have five, five, six stages of racing on, on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. So that's not bad. You know, it's not, um, you know... When I when I when I race motorcycling, like that's a drop in the ocean, nearly. You know, <laughs> that's not even fuel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, and it depends. And you know, a lot of lads will probably team up and throw four or five bikes into a van and head, head you know, head to if it's a, if if say I don't know, it depends where they're living. If if it's a couple of hours away, they'll throw four or five bikes in the van and do it that way. And then, mm-hmm. um, one thing you know if if you're i suppose location of where you live it'll probably depend on what you will uh what what, what races you will focus the most on um you kind of do see a, a little split like um regard you know the first tracks enduro cup all those races are within an hour of each other so if you live within an hour of of, of that you know you're probably going to focus more on on racing that championship than say the gravity enduro where it's, it's a bit more spread out you've got around in tipperary and Clare, and then wicklow and dublin so but you know then if you look the first round of the 
of the Gravity Series falls on, I think it's Easter weekend. So, you know, you can make a weekend of it and then, you know, you get out, basically get out of the house for the weekend and, you know, <laughs> you turn it into a mini holiday. You get to ride bikes at the same time. So there is a bit of win-win too, isn't there? Yeah. And, you know, I think... I think you've hit the the nail on the head there because it is such a community focused mm. thing, the mountain biking scene, isn't it? And you know, you go and if you weren't at these races at the weekends, you wouldn't meet a lot of your friends. No, no, and I suppose that's why you kind of want to meet up the following weekend, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you have that you have that better. You know, you have that wee bit of rivalry between each other, and you're racing every weekend, and you're meeting up and. You know, it becomes it becomes a kind of you know like a, a a championship within a within a championship almost. You know, where you're just racing against your one friend and all this. And I totally get that and how that would become very addictive to these young guys. And and a lot of them probably would probably agree that the the Saturday they get the, probably the most crack out because that's your that's your practice day. So there's no you know that's not the serious end of the weekend. That's you know. You go out, you ride, practice the stages, and they'll go out in groups together and practice the stages, and you know, smash a few corners and hit a few drops and egg each other on for a few jumps and stuff like that, and and then get down to the racing side of the thing the following day, you know. But then you have the liaisons, oh, I'd call it liaisons, or the the trail between the stages, um, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 hanging out on that, chatting and having the crack and talking about the previous stage and. You know, then to get to the top of that stage, and then they they probably group around and check lines, and then get get back on the bike and, and pin it basically. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Um, no, so you chat- yeah, yeah. You uh, you mentioned the chain, the new Belfast store chain reaction team there. Um, yes, do you feel yeah. do you feel without the help of the the kind of the large businesses like Chain Reaction, um, we wouldn't see as many young riders getting the opportunity and stuff to race? Um, I don't know. A lot of the shops, you know, do support local talent and it comes from there, you know, across, uh, you know, you've got like that psychology in, in Armagh, they're, mm-hmm. they're supporting riders. You've Mech Monkey just beside Chain Reaction. They've got four, they have a four rider team this year. Um, you know, further down the country, you've got like Bikeology and Nace. Um, the expert cycles in Dublin, they've riders, um, and then and then there's other teams that kind of have popped up as well, like Dirty Rides MTB. That's new for this year as well. And I think it's good to see, you know, like Chain Reaction Cycles Belfast as as the shop on on Butcher Butcher Road, mm-hmm. um, putting it putting together a team like that. You know, that's where Chain Reactions is. Um, you know, it's come from grassroots. That's where they. That's where they were built on grassroots racing, and the riders that they're supporting. Um, when I was talking to when I was talking to Dave, the shop manager, they what they wanted to do was support, um, you know, support talent, uh, local talent. That was basically what what they, what they want to support. They're not, you know, okay. They, there could be maybe there's faster. I don't want to talk anyone down but there, there could be faster riders than the riders that they've got in the team but they know the riders they've got will can deliver can deliver good results and are good ambassadors for for the team and for the sport so mm-hmm. it's good to see them kind of showing that you know you don't have to be 
you know, you don't have to be the, the Greg Callens of this world or, or whatever to get, you know, to get good support. You know, if you're, if you're putting in the work, even at your own local races, there's still people watching and noticing what you're doing and, and willing to help and support. And mm-hmm. that seems, you know, I went to the, I met with them for the, for the launch and we, we met in the shop on Butcher Road um, to do, to do the photo shoot. And then we went to Ross Trevor and probably the worst day of the year, you could go to Ross Trevor. <laughs> and I hadn't really met them properly before until that day, but yeah, I came away from it just, you know just totally buzzing on, on on the team and you know the 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 interest that the guys have and what they're doing the riders they're they're massively keen on riding bikes you know that's that's they just mm-hmm. love riding bikes and it's great to see that you know it's great to see that you know they the support that they've got for this year and they've got great support you know they've, they've all they're riding the the new summits you know they've helmets uh helmets and proper gear uh, product supports and you know it's cool it's definitely cool you know they look the part as well team shirts and it definitely adds to the atmosphere of a paddock on race day you know you've got when you see individual teams in the paddock it's, it definitely kind of elevates the game a bit i'm sure are they from belfast that team are they uh the riders themselves are split yeah. across um you've got beefy Beefy Mullen and Mark O'Kane, they're up near Limavady. Um, Hannah Harvey, she's around Tully Moore direction, I think. And then Daniel Lappin, he's only 14, actually, and he's a proper little ripper. He's he's fast. Um, he's he's around Warren Point, Newry direction, I think. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, well, you know, that's cool to see them picking, you know, people from those those areas so it's kind yeah. of you know yeah. a nice mixture um let's chat a wee bit about the lady rippers then too we'll not forget about them no definitely um, not. no so who should we kind of be looking out for or keep an eye on for 2019 um definitely well you're in enduro speak your 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 leading woman rider is uh leah monsal from she's over limerick ballyhur direction and she was the she was she finished third overall in the under twenty one Enduro World Series last year, mm-hmm. which is and she's the Irish Enduro champion. Um, so that's she's she's a top talent, definitely one to watch. She's a she's a Kona ambassador also as well. So mm-hmm. and she's definitely, I think I think nineteen I think she's nineteen years of age. So she's a top talent and definitely a future. She's got a good future ahead of her in in mountain biking. She's. I think she's currently the benchmark that the others are chasing. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle Muldoon, Michelle Muldoon, and Maeve Baxter. Um, they're they'll be the next two in enduro circles coming kind of behind Leah. Um, they they had a great year last year. Um, Michelle, um, Michelle, she rode she rides in the master. She rode the master. 35 class in the Enduro World Series in Austria and actually won it overall. Wow. So you can tell, you know, that's 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 the level she's at. She's pretty fast. And then Maeve Baxter, she's well, she's a legend actually in Irish mountain biking, to be honest. Mm-hmm. She, she's around a long time and, uh, you know, she's a great ambassador for the sport, to be honest. But she's, she's well capable of giving Michelle Muldoon and Hannah a good run for the money. She's, um, to, Cullen Club and she rides for green bikes. Um, 
and she took a couple of wins last year in both the Gravity Enduro Series and the First Track Series. So she's she's always one to watch her. She's 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 fast. I actually ride with her quite a lot um, in my local trails in Ravensdale. So she's well. I start behind her and I, <laughs> I generally finish a couple of minutes behind her. So, yeah, I'd say, yeah, we share the same trail. I see, I suppose it's probably the best way of putting that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but then, yeah, um, I, I believe uh, Sasha or Saka Bickerstaff is making a return also this year. She's under the psychology, psycholo- psychology mm-hmm. team. And I, I think our focus is more for downhill, but she's making a return this year she she actually kind of did a one-off race last year she did the national champs last year in bike park ireland and she smoked it and, and took the title there and i think mm-hmm. that's probably, i think after a couple of years kind of low uh laying low she's come back she's a former world cup racer as well so you know when she puts her mind to it she's going to be very fast too um hannah harvey she's the um she won the Vitus first tracks enduro cup last year she's with the new crc belfast team as well so she's good support this year so she'd be definitely one to watch for she mm. to do well so yeah and i think she's you know she took a win off mave at the final round in tollymore last year so she knows now she can she can beat her if you know what i mean so she'd be keen to to do it more regularly so definitely um it's great to see that and there's also you know uh hannah mullen she's only 12 i think 12 or 13 so she's a young kid just coming onto the scene and she's another one with good potential um she raced she she raced um the there was a support race for the for the uci daniel cup in fort william last year and she raced the the her class in the support races and she finished on the podium there so She's she's and she does it. She mixes it in with a bit of XE racing. So she's 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 definitely a good talent to keep an eye on. I think she's with Green Bikes, so definitely one to keep a keep an eye on too to see how she progresses. Very very interesting indeed. Yeah, um, yeah, it's becoming more popular all the time. Um, the women's racing, and it's great to see. You know, um, the at the end of end of March we've got this Dirty Dames race. I think it's it's actually in its third edition and it's a women's only mm-hmm. bike race and that's been held at the gap. Um it's a, I think it's a three or four stage enduro, single day enduro and um for, for women only. So it's great to see something like that been, you know, encouraging more and more people to get involved and get going. But like at the you know, the biking blitz, the a series the first round of that had like 30 female entries which was you know it's fantastic so it's yeah def- definitely growing all the time yeah that's amazing and do you think that do you think girls are getting more into it is it is it media stuff that's getting them encouraged is it maybe the riders that are racing at a high level at the minute like why why are we seeing this this uh upsurge of ladies getting into it or young girls even um i think it's just it's like we talked about if a little while ago it's trail centers more accessible trail centers and more places to ride and easier um access for for everybody i think you know that's all a contributing factor you you start riding there and you get you know it doesn't matter whether you're male or female you're all the one when you're out in a mountain bike and the helmet's on and you're riding around and you get talking and to people and you you learn or you 
you make friends with more people and all of a sudden they're egging you on to go to the next race. And I think that's probably where a lot of it's come from, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I suppose, you know, social media and stuff would play its part, but I think nothing beats at the end of the day, nothing beats getting out into the fresh air and riding bikes and meeting people and talking about it and then getting the itch to go on and, you know, take it further from there, you know? Mm-hmm. yeah certainly it's uh it's definitely a big pull now i want your opinion just on keelan grant because i had keelan on the on the podcast way back in episode 22 um and he actually he had just got news that he had he had just um been given the opportunity to ride with the crc mavic ews team um so it was awesome yeah. to chat to him then he was super super yeah. stoked about that how do you think he'll do this year I think he's going to do good this year. Um, you know, there's no doubt about it. He had last year. He was telling me it was his first uh, first year as a professional, essentially as a professional mountain biker. So there's a lot to take in in the first year. And I know he he dealt with a couple of injuries throughout the year at the same time, and he had probably a step forward, a step back, step forward, step back. Because mm-hmm. once he started to get on the pace. He had an injury and it pulled him back a bit, and and then he had to fight forward from that again. Like his best result in the EDA, in the EWS last year was thirty sixth, and that was when he was starting to get into his groove. And then he was in Whistler and had a shoulder injury, and then although he raced on, which was fair play, he raced on to the to the final two rounds. He was still carrying an injury, and at that level, you know you can't carry you can't carry injuries. It's just mm-hmm. it's it just um takes away from him but you know he's a good rider he's definitely when you watch him on the videos and stuff he looks super smooth he's he doesn't look like he's trying which is annoying which is <laughs> dangerous yeah 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 and, and and when you see a rider like that you know there's a lot more to to come from there you know because you know if they don't look on the edge and and definitely when they're not on the edge there's a lot more to a lot more they they know there's a lot more to come there's a lot of potential so mm-hmm. yeah i'm kind of keen to see how he's going to go this year i know he's yeah keeping an eye on on the social media side of things he, he's definitely he puts the work in he moved to he's he's based around oma mm-hmm. and he moved over to to warren point to 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 train but he was training on ross trevor during the winter so so he's definitely he, he and he's he's actually out in New Zealand already for mm-hmm. he's a month ahead of himself getting out to New Zealand to 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 train out there in good weather. So you know he he's going good. I, I hope he I hope he has a good good opener because you know when you look at individual test times or state or stage times, he's um, some of the stages he's been pretty rapid on. You know he's not um, and that was in the big in his first learning year too. You know mm-hmm. now that got a year under his belt you know he's a lot more knowledgeable about what to what to come or what to expect mm-hmm. he's too. i've seen him at um where was it? it was in the fox hunt last year oh yeah we all we all got off the the uplift just at the top of on the pulse and it's, it's a horrible push to the top of the top of the run you have to push up there to on the saturday for for the for the for the stage to do the, to do the qualifying run and everybody got off and started pushing their bikes and he actually cycled past us going up this hill and i was dying pushing up there <laughs> 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 he just cycles past you know i'm like 
that's a different level altogether. I <laughs> uh, yeah, well you know following him on social media, he's training and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, he definitely puts the work in. Um, yeah. And you would think you know having Sam Hill on your team is bound to help you. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to be. That's a lot of knowledge to just be around and soak up. Sam Hill and then also the team manager, and Nigel Page, he's mm-hmm. around a long time. You know, and his younger teammate, um, Elliot Heap, like he's the world champion in the under-21s. And, yeah. You know, that's a lot of a lot of talent to be bouncing off all the time, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Well, he's in the right camp there. I, I think that can only yeah, help you, yeah. you really. Yeah, um, yeah. So that EWS all kicks off on the 23rd of March in New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand, Rotorua on the 24th, I think, well, 24th of March. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just over a month's time. Uh, looking forward to, especially, well, there's a lot of, you've, you've, you've Greg Callaghan, Keelan Grant, Dan Wolf, and Killian Callaghan. So mm-hmm. some good good talent on the ground out there. Um, definitely keen to see how Greg's going to do this year. I know he's put the groundwork in over the winter too. So mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a hell of a talent. Um, yeah. I think he's itching kind of find a bit of, you know, he didn't have the bet, you know, he finished third overall in 2017 and then didn't, things didn't go his way, I suppose, last year through one thing or another. But, you know, he's he's just done a full month in Italy as a boot camp. You know, he's took, He's won two preseason races, and he's he's just finished up a, a test with Fox suspension. So he's he's pushing hard to to, to have a big year, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. And then I think as Dan has he has he gone to Polygon Bikes or something? Has he moved? Yeah, he just signed. He just um, announced the deal with Polygon uh, Bikes for for this year and possibly the next couple of years. Um, so yeah, he's another. He's he's. I love watching him on the social media stuff. Some of his videos yeah. are pretty impressive. He's, <laughs> he's a guy that can hang it out any day of the week. So there's uh, yeah, I'm I'm keen to see how he's done because you know he had he picked up a big injury last year. Um, I think it was his elbow, and he was just you know it was only two two rounds in or two or three rounds into the championship, and he was just starting to you know break through the top forty and. You know, you could see he was going to, you know, definitely get inside the top 30 in, in the EWS, which is a huge result. Like, And uh, he had that injury and it just knocked him. It just it basically, I suppose, it, it killed his year. You know, he just, mm-hmm. the, the timing of it was just completely wrong. There wasn't enough time to recover for the extent of what he'd done. And yeah, I think now he's he's firing, he's firing on all, all cylinders. He's fit and healthy and he's, He's uh, massively motivated, I'm sure, to to get to get back and get some good results on the board. Yeah, cool. And what about the ladies? There. Um, as I said, um, Leah is um, she was third overall in the under twenty ones last year. So I assume. Um, well, I don't know what what our plans are for 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 this year, but I would like to see her come back. Definitely, um, she's still young enough to be in the under twenty one category, mm-hmm. and I know she she was third overall because um, she was doing a she had a college or leaving set exams. I'm not sure which one, so she missed a couple of rounds of that. So if she finished third, having missed a round or two, you know, stick her in the whole championship, and we could have, you know, that could be a good yeah. year. Oh, definitely, you know. 
Isn't that crazy? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at that level, and then you have to go and do exams, and you're trying to do. You <laughs> think yeah. it's just nuts, man. Well, that's what um, you know, uh, Chris Coleman. He's only sixteen, and he's he's facing. You know, he's getting he's building up towards a full year in the, the UCI downhill in the juniors, and he's you know he's at school you know five days a week well he should be at school five days a week so Mm -hmm. yeah it just shows you you know so they're balancing training in the gym in the evenings riding bikes at the weekend and studying in between you know Mm -hmm. you kind of forget all that i suppose really don't you when you just see the results and you see them on a bike and you forget you know how young they look underneath the helmet so I it's crazy it's just a serious amount of dedication and you know I'll carry them up well whether they end up in racing professionally or whatever or not I'll carry them on well into professional life if you like you know um, just with that work ethic yeah the work ethic alone you know um will 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 stand them in good stead for 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 the rest of their life you know the -hmm. training the discipline the the focus of everything, you know, definitely, definitely does. Yeah, cool. Well, listen, I'm a wee bit concerned on time here. I don't want to keep you too oh. much longer, but... I don't panic. We, cool. Can we I chat? We covered, did we? <laughs> I know. When you start into it, man, you know, you could speak all week on stuff like this. It's just crazy what's happening. But it's awesome what's happening. Yeah, well, like, it wasn't... When I kind of... It was only when I kind of got deeper and deeper into doing the website you realize how much actually is going on you sort of when you're just riding your mountain bike for fun you kind of skirt over maybe a lot of it and but when you start you know looking at what's happening and who's doing what and where it's happening it's 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 huge it is huge it's it's massive mm-hmm. it's fantastic um i want to yeah. ask you and it's good timing because I noticed you've just put this on your website as well. I just want to ask you about um, race entry fees and res- registra- registration, if I could speak properly, because uh, this seems to cause some frustration among some riders and stuff. Can you tell us a wee bit about how you go about getting registered for races, if you need insurance, and how this kind of all works? Uh, yeah. Um, to, to, to go race and you essentially need a race license and that race license is issued through the federation of irish cycling which is cycling ireland so that's the the governing body for north and south of cycling be it road cycling mountain biking track cycling sportives whatever i think they even do something like athletic uh, aerobic cycling i don't even know what that is but all that's covered under the one umbrella that's uh so that's what cycling ireland does so your your fee um your what your license and your license fee gives you insurance and essentially permission that you can go and compete in a race whether you're whether you're road cycling or mountain biking so um you can it's you join a club join your join your local club um become a member there then you just you fill in the the necessary paperwork and that part of that then once it's once this paperwork's gone through it give it's it covers your insurance essentially to to say that you're you're covered and you're insured to compete in this race and when you go to when you go to go to an event and you and you go to registration to sign on they'll ask you for 
uh, your Cycling Ireland competition license. And there's there's um, what you need for mountain biking is a limited competition one that covers you that basically covers you to mountain bike, and that's the the name they have on it. And it, I think the adult costs are about eighty euro for the entire year. Um, so you know if you do four, if you only do four events, I suppose that's working out twenty quid a year. But you probably maybe do more than four races. It'll cover you to race. You know if you're going to compete in the Gravity Enduro Ireland series and the First Track Enduro Cup you know, that, you know, that 80 quid quickly, um, quickly filters out across them all. So it's mm-hmm. good. Value. Um, when you sign on, they'll ask you for that, uh, for your license, your license has a number. So they'll just jot down the license number beside your name when you register and you, and you, and you, and you sign your, sign your life away, essentially. Um, <laughs> and then that covers you to go and race. You need, if you're, if you're like, you know, if you only want to race one event, if you're only racing once a year or whatever, if you're not doing regular competition, you can get a, a, a one event license and you can do that on the day of the race. So um, it'll cost you an extra £10 per event. I think it's 10 to €15 Euro per event um, for a one event license. Um, so as you see, you know, if you're going to do, if you're doing... You know, if you're doing a good few events during the year, it'll, uh, it uh, the the full the full annual license will definitely pay for itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you were just to do one event, you don't need to be a member of a club or anything to take it. No, you can just no. roll up. Uh, if you're just doing one event, just when you come to sign on for for the event, um, just say that you need to get a your one event license, and then they just fill in the paperwork. It only takes two minutes, I think, to fill the paperwork in. And it's done. And actually, another one people sort of forget is um, if you're a student, um, there's there's actually student rates for cycling license for cycling Ireland license. So that's definitely something to check out if you're on a bit of a budget. Uh, check the the student discounts; you might get a few quid off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. It's good to know. It's yeah. good to know. So, so where can people? What just before just before I ask that. What are the kind of entry fees? What on average is an entry fee for a race? Um, I'd need to double check. I think it works at around the average works at around is it fifty euro for for the first first tracks and um, for the first tracks and gravity enduro series. I think it works at around fifty, and the same for the for the for the IDMS. Mm. Um, but it, it's all on it's all covered on the on the entry form. Mm-hmm. Such. and where can people go to find that kind of information and more on that kind of thing well they could go to freewheeling if they want to <laughs> yay yes of course oh. that's where they go <laughs> <laughs> um yeah each each uh each championship has um the first tracks first tracks mtb.com that's for the widest first tracks Enduro series, um, gravityenduro.ie is the Gravity Enduro Ireland series, and grassroots, um, it's basically grassroots. Yeah, it's grassrootsenduro.com is the grassroots enduro series, and then the IDMS is irishdownhillseries.com. Or if you want it all in one place, Freewheeling has it there too. Cool, <laughs> that's cool, that's cool. Now, that's just made me think of something else. Now, the the race will probably be finished by the time this comes out, um, but there's a race being held 
I'm not sure it's maybe the first year it's been on. It's called, is it two enduro? Yeah, I've sort of haven't seen, I, I'm not 100% clued in on what this one is, but it seems to be down in Ballyhura. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a one day race and it's a two enduro means you and your mate race together. So you start the stage together and you finish the stage together and then the, both times are added together to give you one result. So it's a team event, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's a team and that's event. on the 3rd of March. You know, I think that is a very, very good idea. And it's good to get people or maybe just a wee bit nervous about the whole competition racing thing. But yeah. if you're doing it with your friend, again, I know the Enduros are, are quite social and a lot of people do them just for a bit of a laugh and for the weekend yeah. experience and whatever. But that, again, is another step to... If you're doing it with your mate, it seems a lot less daunting almost if it's your first time or whatever. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a competition, but it's I suppose it's a friendly competition and it's you know, this time of year it gets people back into race mode and mindset of, you know, because it's it's if you think about it, September was the last time people raced in Enduro, so it's mm. we're, we're we're just coming up to March now, so my mat's off top of my head. That's what four months ago. So <laughs> it's uh it's, it it definitely it's definitely a refresher course, but a bit of crack at the same time. And I, I quite like the idea of it. So yeah, it'd be nice to see that go well. I think um um the team Ballyhora crew, which Liam Monsal we talked about, and then our brother it is Jonathan Monsal. They're they're kind of behind it and pushing it forward. So um yeah it could be interesting to see how that goes i think they have 100 teams so that's 200 riders and wow it's pretty cool isn't it yeah 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 that's and that's the first time it's been raced is it yeah it's the first i think it's probably also the first event of its type in this country anyway as well Mm. so yeah something definitely interesting I'm not sure how the concept works, but I so I assume it's one of those. It's usually one of those. It sounds more complicated until you actually go and do it, and then it's quite mm. easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then this. Yeah. The slowest then, member of your team might might count as your time or something like that. Um, know, yeah, I think it's the uh, the combination of both times together. Right. Yeah. Okay. Then the following weekend, the the Kukulin Club are. They've just built a brand new trail in Ravensdale, um, and called ELC, and that's going to be they're running kind of a, just a low key event there. They're doing a two uh, an enduro time enduro time run on, on that, so it's two runs. So if anyone's keen for a bit of practice ahead of the first round of the Vitus First Tracks Cup that's coming up in Ravensdale in April, it's a it's a good spot to get a bit of practice in as well. Mm-hmm. cool yeah there's plenty plenty happening and yeah if uh the guys head to your site is that the best place to find everything about what's going on with freewheeling and what's happening in the Irish scene um yeah yeah keep an eye on the website and then also updates on the instagram page freewheeling underscore mtv and then the facebook page is freewheeling.ie so and that's kind of that goes out will go across those channels mm-hmm. well awesome well listen robert it's been great to have you on and here yeah. we'll maybe we'll maybe see about getting you on mid-season just to have a chat about some of the riders and see how they've been getting on and issues that people have had and you know it'd be interesting to do that i think yeah because yeah it definitely would be um kind of 
especially coming up to even the the national championships that we're going to have in Ross Trevor, mm-hmm. um, definitely create a bit of hype for that. And you know, we it, at the moment it's all preseason hype, and now you know when we get the racing underway, we can see where sort of everybody is at across all spectrums from the World Series to the to the local series. It's, yeah, it'd be definitely really cool to come back. Aye, no, we'll 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 do that. We'll plan that out. We'll get to we'll get together and plan that um, because. The, the issue with the podcast is I think um, if you're listening now you'll know when it's out but I think this probably won't be out until probably the 21st of March so oh, just in time perfect. just in time for the EWS to start yeah. so that'll just, be good yeah just perfect time for EWS yeah perfect alright well listen Robert thanks so much for coming on but um, I really do appreciate it and it was great to get a chat with you and find out more about what's happening in the Irish scene we're blessed man we're blessed for what we've got in Ireland definitely yeah we, I like we could talk all day we didn't even get a chance to we only scratched the surface I suppose in the last mm-hmm. hour and you know there's, there's so many more things happening all right as that we we didn't even get a chance we didn't even get a chance to touch on Roscoe like that shows you just how much more <laughs> other stuff's going on and you don't even get to mention Colin Ross in in, in an hour I I know it's crazy isn't it and uh, yeah we didn't touch on any of the Vitus guys or anything like that really so yeah, no no no, no. Um, but we'll get a chat about them guys later because they I'm sure they'll have podiums between now oh. and then <laughs> yeah there'll be something going on. Uh, certainly, if Glenn, if Glenn O'Brien's involved, you know there will be. <laughs> yeah, look, he, he won the he won that championship last year. He mm-hmm. the first track, so um, yeah, it'd be cool to see now if he can come out swinging and win the first round in Ravensdale. You know, he he won three out of four rounds last year, so he's he's on a roll, and Aye. he's definitely showing he's definitely showing those young young guns uh, who's got the legs when he, when when you need to dig deep. Yeah, Ach, he's a he's a legend, is is Glenn now for sure. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, Robert, listen, thanks so much, man. Have a have a good rest of the day there, and enjoy yourself. And um, I'll speak to you again in the near future, sure. No bother. Thanks very much, Gareth. And uh, yeah, keep up the good work with the podcast. I always like tuning in and uh, checking checking what's happened. Cheers, bud. All right, thank you very much. That's a wrap for episode number 79, folks. I hope you enjoyed that and I hope it's getting you stoked to maybe get to some of the races this season. Maybe enter a couple if you like and uh, get your competition heads on there. It's always good fun and it's a good social day or weekend and um, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So, Robert, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, bro. It was great to have a chat with you. It was great to get you on and share your passion and insights about the race scene, and it certainly looks like it's going to be an exciting one, so um, I'm really looking forward to it, and um, thanks again for coming on. I really do appreciate it. So, guys, if you want to know more about Robert, more about freewheeling.ie, just go to the show notes, look at Robert's episode there. You'll get more info. You'll get quick links to freewheeling.ie and things like that so you can follow what Robert is doing regarding the race scene and stuff it's all all good information um, he puts stuff up there every week he's super dedicated spends a lot of time doing it so check it out folks it's definitely worth looking at and worth keeping involved with now if you want to get more involved in the show you can simply go to mtb-tribe.com you can subscribe there you can download all the episodes from there or you can listen to them 
directly from the website, whatever you prefer. And guys that are following and listening on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, thanks so much for your reviews. Thanks for sharing on social media. I really do appreciate that. And if you do want to help out the show in any way, people, just share it on your social posts. It really does help and it gets the word out to more people. We're trying to build this Irish scene now with the upcoming season so please support your local trail networks and support your local scene share the podcast and hopefully we can get more information out to more people and get more people involved and getting out their bikes and getting to race events etc and just showing support for the great Irish talent we have here so I would really appreciate you guys getting involved a wee bit more and doing what you can it's all all good stuff so thanks again, folks, for being here. Thanks for letting me be in your ear bulbs again one more week. And um, I look forward to chatting to you next week for another exciting episode of the MTV Tribe podcast. Until then, you can follow us on socials at MTV Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. And again, if you want more information, just simply go to the website mtb-tribe.com. You can email me there. Give me a shout out. Let me know what you would like to hear on the show and I will try my best to sort that for you. So until then, folks, get out on the bike, keep pushing the pedals and I'll speak to you next week.